Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. And I am Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Saki. Grace, I'm so glad to have you back. We missed you on our hour-long post-Tony's episode. I can only imagine what it would have been if there were three of us on the show. It could have gone two, three hours, potentially. If anything, I did an act of God last night because um, I knew what was going to happen, which is probably a four-hour live event (laughs) taking place. Four-hour recap episode of the four-hour event. Yeah, so I I think that that was definitely a good call. But of course, like all of us had our our Twitters and our group chats going. So apologies to our Patreon subscribers that did not have an in on that. We we should look into it. But um, (laughs) we were definitely engaged. And I think all of us can say that... we had a really good time watching the show, um, which has been, I, I don't remember the last time I really like, I mean, probably three years ago, you know? So um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a wonderful time. So I'm glad that you all had that conversation. Yeah. And you're going to share some of your thoughts at the end of the episode. So folks won't miss out on all of the Grace Aki insights to the Tony Awards. Uh, hashtag Grace Aki insights and trademark and all don't, that stuff. Please don't look up hashtag Graysaki insides. <laughs> insight. No, up. insights. Oh, Matt. Not insides. I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S. <laughs> My lord, Grace. <laughs> Moving on. Um, um, let's get into the news. And unfortunately, we do have to start the news today with uh, a, a bit of a sad story. And this actually happened last Friday. So obviously, we didn't have a regular today on Broadway on Monday, which we talked about the Tony Awards. But I did want to mention this. You probably all have heard this already. But unfortunately, it was confirmed via many friends and family members on social media late last week that the legendary, iconic, and celebrated music director for Broadway and New York the- uh, New York's Radio City Music Hall, uh, Donald Pippen passed away at the age of 95. He was uh, believed to be the last living person to ever receive the Tony Award for Best Conductor and Musical Director. He won it in 1963 for Oliver, and then Hello, Dolly's Shepard Coleman won the next year, and then the award was discontinued. Um, So it's believed that he was the last person to win that. He did so much work uh, in, uh, in Broadway and in theater in New York. He was the music director for the original productions of 110 in the Shade, Ben Franklin in Paris, Mame, Dear World, Applause, Seesaw, Mac and Mabel, A Chorus Line, La Caja Falls, Jerry's Girls, and more. He also did a number of vocal arrangements for things, including revivals of shows that he originally MD'd. Um, so somebody who just impacted so many different people across the community. Not only was he a Tony winner, he won an Emmy Award for doing the music direction for 1987's Broadway Sings, the music of Julie Stein on PBS. Um, so uh, our thoughts go out to everybody who loved his work and loved him personally. Uh, but at the age of 95, certainly was a life well lived. All right, Grace, let's get into some awardsy news, starting first with the Tony Awards. And although these things will be um, adjusted over the next few days as more data comes in, the Nielsen organization did publish the first round of ratings for the Tony Awards 75th annual celebration on Sunday evening. And in 
goodish news. It was a 39% increase over the previous year's telecast. Uh, on Sunday night, 3.86 million viewers tuned in to both CBS and Paramount Plus combined to see the show. That was more than a million more viewers than in the 2021 broadcast. Now, of course, you'll remember the 2021 broadcast was actually happened uh, in September and was up against a Sunday night football game. So that's part of the reason why it was pretty bad in 2021. So even though there was a 39% increase over last year, it was still down considerably. In fact, down 29% over the 2019 Tonys, which was the last normal-ish year for uh, for the ceremony. In 2019, it had a uh, 5.4 million person uh, rating. This is something I talk about in my day job all the time, Grace, uh, at the streamable. Of course. Everything is down on broadcast. So it's actually not mm -hmm. a huge surprise that it was down considerably. What's nice about it is, is that other than 60 Minutes, which is a staple for all people who still watch broadcast, uh, the Tony Awards was the second most watched program on Sunday night. So while the numbers by comparing Tony's year over year, and it's actually three years since the last real one. That's a lot of people who have left broadcast television. Um, it's actually mm -hmm. not bad. It was the second most watched thing on Sunday night. And both Tony Awards or hashtag Tony Awards and hashtag Tony Awards 2022 peaked at number one on social media and hashtag Tony Awards trended in the top 10 in the United States for 12 hours. So oh. even ratings wise, it might not have been what people had hoped for it was still something that a lot of people were talking about and people were viewing it differently in the past. So uh, I think that's good. It's hard to tell what ratings actually mean anymore, but right. I think that's a fairly decent thing. Yeah. And I, I remember that, like, you know, that remember as if it was years ago, yesterday, <laughs> uh, act one of the Tony Awards was hosted by Julianne Hoff uh, and Darren Chris. That was supposed to be available only on the CBS or I'm sorry, the Paramount Plus app. I tried to use it on the Paramount Plus app and it wasn't working. So then I had to like reconfigure it to do it on my computer and blah, blah, blah. And then I watched the Tony Awards within the Paramount Plus app on my TV. So I'm like, do those things factor? I don't know. But all that to say is that like, I think that the more accessibility that we have, the, the better it will be. Um, I mean, goodness, we could just air this on the AmericanTheaterWing.com and call it a day. Like, <laughs> you know, but I know that it's, you know, CBS affiliations and all that stuff matter. And, um, yeah, that's just interesting. I, I I wonder how you know everyone watched it, but I guess the old fashioned way. All right, great. Sticking sticking with the Tony stuff here, real quick. Did you know that Jennifer Hudson won an EGOT on Sunday night? She got the T in her EGOT for being a producer on a strange loop. Uh, Ashley and I talked about it a little bit during. Um, actually, I think it was after. I don't know if it actually made it on the episode. I think it was might have been after um, we mm -hmm. we finished recording when we realized this. But can you name the E G O and T? Obviously, I'll spot you a strange loop because that was pretty obvious. Um, can you name the ego that Jennifer Hudson has to uh, on, on her shelf? Ooh, Emmy. Let's start with Emmy because that's the one I'm really stumped on. Yeah, you're not going to. Was get the this Aretha? One. Was no. it? Was it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the Grammy was for Color Purple. Uh, well, 
She well, has two. She has the color purple and her own self-titled album. So she's gonna say Broadway Records, Grammy. Oh yeah, 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 of yeah. Um, Oscar for Dreamgirls, obviously, and then mm-hmm. Tony last night. But I want to throw you another fun fact before you hit me with those, mm-hmm. which is that she's the seventeenth EGOT winner, and she's the second black woman. Do you know the other black woman? Of course, yeah. That's Whoopi Goldberg. There you go. Isn't yeah, that who, so cool? Who also got her Tony for producing a Broadway musical that she was not actually in. Oh, it wasn't for her solo show? It was not. And this is great because I stumped Ashley on this after mm. we stopped recording. She, Whoopi Goldberg won her Tony for being a producer on the very, the very Whoopi Goldberg adjacent musical, Thoroughly Modern Millie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, similarly, Jennifer Hudson won a Daytime Emmy Award for the show Baba Yaga. I don't know what that is, but casual Baba Yaga. So good for her. Also, in other uh, awards history news, um, just got a press release stating that Miles Frost is the youngest actor to ever win a Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical, which is, hmm. I mean, considering that's an award that's been around for 75 years, he's the youngest out of all 75. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Tell me how old Miles Frost is. Miles Frost is 22 years old. Wow. I did not realize he was so young. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Um, it was announced on Monday that there will be an actual drama desk thing to watch this year. The drama desk has been up in the year, up in the air um, for this season. On Friday, it was actually announced that Renee Lee's Goldsberry would be hosting the ceremony. And on Monday, it was announced that it would be streaming live mm-hmm. on Broadway On Demand. You can watch for free. We'll have a link in the show notes uh, as to how you can watch it. But the catch is that it's actually happening today on Tuesday, June 14th from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. So not the most, uh, you, know, you know, convenient time to watch an awards show. But Renee Elise Goldsberry will be hosting. The presenters will include uh, Charles Bush, Carrie Butler, Liz Calloway, Liliana Blaine Cruz, Max von Essen, Santina Fontana, Jessica Hecht, Brittany Johnson, Leslie Kritzer, Derek McLean, Heidi Schreck, uh, Talia Suskauer, and Sanaz Tusi. We, of course, already know the winners for all of these awards. You and Ashley talked about them last week, Grace, but still glad mm-hmm. there was a lot of behind the scenes drama that went on with the drama desk this year. Um, but I'm glad that they are still having the ceremony and it is going to be something that is visible to people, even if it is a little anticlimactic now that it's coming out. After the Tony Awards. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's get into some show and casting news. Um, this is something that I'd, I'd been curious about for a while since we found out that the great Andre DeShields would be leaving the role of Hermes in Town. We hadn't gotten confirmation as to who would be replacing him, but we did get it on Friday. An original Broadway cast member of Town and one of the show's longtime understudies, T. Oliver Reed, will be assuming the role today. Um, Reed has not only understudies Hermes, Hades, and members of the Workers' Chorus. We talked about it here on this show back in March when there was a COVID surge in the cast. Reed went on last minute as one of the fates. Uh, oh. uh, you remember that? Yeah, with the full costume, was- the makeup and oh. all. Um, very cool. I actually saw T as Hades um, one time. When, the second time I saw Hades Town, he was on as Hades. So uh, very cool for, for him. Obviously, not only has been a part of this show for a long time, he's also one of the co-founders and co-artistic directors of the Black Theater Coalition, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to building a sustainable ethical roadmap that will increase employment opportunities for black theater professionals. 
in other news, something that we had kind of talked about, and I think it was actually on the show. Was it on the show or maybe it was in the group chat? Um, we had talked about the mm-hmm. fact that we were a little con- confused as to why Shireen Pimentel was not joining yeah. Into the Woods on Broadway after she was a, a lovely Rapunzel uh, at Encores. Well, I guess we found out because on Saturday, a weird Saturday press release, the Muni announced additional casting for their upcoming production of Camelot. And it seems like Shireen is trading up from being a princess uh, in in Into the Woods. And she will now be a queen in Camelot as she will be playing Guinevere. Uh, Evan Ruggiero will be playing Sir Dinadan. Daryl Toph will be playing Sir Lionel. Sarah Quinn Taylor, very cool, playing uh, Sir Sagramore. Riley Carter Adams will be playing Tom of Warwick and Barrett Riggins will be playing Mordred. That show is running, I mean, in like a week, June 22nd through the 28th. You love that Muni schedule. Uh, So good for her. Disappointed that we're not going to get a chance to see her on Broadway because I thought she was really good in uh, in the Encore's production. But glad that she is booked and hashtag blessed. Yeah. Also, I want to shout out Daryl Tofa is such an incredible dancer and performer. I'm really excited for this role for him. So shout out to, to him because that's oh, going to cool. be great. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not familiar with him. That's awesome. All right. Let's move on to some theater on screen news and starting with the more traditional theatery thing. Uh, starting today and running through a like honestly one of if not the most important day on anyone and everyone's calendar, June 26th. The recent off... That's my birthday. Off-Broadway production of Jane Anger or the lamentable comedy of uh, comedy of Jane Anger, that cunning woman, and also of Willie Shakespeare and his peasant companion, Francis, yes, and also of Anne Hathaway, also a woman who tried very hard. Whew. Will stream for two weeks. Um, that is a production that was recently very critically acclaimed and starred Michael Yuri uh, as well as uh, Ryan Spahn and Amelia Workman. Um, so you can get that. We will have a link to where you can purchase tickets to see that in the show notes. Um, I got to tell you, this theatrical yeah. arc for Michael Yuri is really, really interesting to me. Somebody who started you know, kind of got his big break as a TV personality has, I mean, and obviously a lot of theater people become TV, you know, become stars on TV, you know, much like Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who now has a Tony award, but it's like the stuff that Michael Urie does is never not interesting. Like he does these super small off Broadway shows, um, you know, does Broadway shows as, you know, as well, but his theatrical career has been really, really interesting. And I'm kind of here for every you know, decision that he makes in terms of his career. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. It's so funny because like, you know, everyone grew up with him on like uh the Ugly the Betty. One, Ugly Betty. And like now I'm we're so fortunate. I kind of want this for all actors if if they want to return yeah. to the stage. Like, you know, we've seen this with Sean Hayes especially, like mm-hmm. where we know him from this iconic role on TV, and then we're getting him in like Act of God and now Goodnight Oscar and all these things. Cause it's like, yeah, girl, once you got that TV money. And you got those residuals. And come back to the stage. Yes. We who do who who would you want from the TV world to come to the stage if you could pick someone? Oh well, you know who I really want, and this is selfish because uh, I've liked her on multiple shows. I actually have seen her on Broadway, but I really, really like Melissa Benoist. Um, oh yeah. Starting well, with Glee. Like- 
What's that? She did a Broadway show. I know. That's why I said I saw her in Beautiful. Um, but I mean, like, she was a musical theater major. She did the um, the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown. Like, I think she was in mm. the original, maybe not the original cast, but the original, like, major production. Um, was that a good speed? I feel like. And then she went off and did Glee and then did Supergirl. And now she's got all these other things. But she was really good as a replacement in Beautiful. Um, and now her husband is is going to be in a show that you are very excited about. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the, he's the not Colin Donnell in uh, almost famous. So the new boy, the new boy. Um, but I, that was a really good transition because speaking of guys from the Berlanti verse that uh, have musical theater cred that are kind of coming back to musical theater. It was reported by deadline and basically everybody else on Monday that Carlos Valdez will be the male lead in the upcoming Hulu musical comedy up there, which is based on the Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez musical of the same name. It'll be directed by Tommy Kale. who will be starring opposite, um, uh, Mae Whitman, who a lot of people know from uh, Parenthood, as well as Good Girls. Wait, 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 wait! Shut up, Mae Whitman. Yeah, that that was announced already. Yeah, she's she's playing the Betsy Wolf part. <laughs> Betsy Wolf did this this show at the out of town tryout at a, uh, the Old Globe, I think, a few years ago, um, and Mae Whitman's playing that part. Big fan, big fan big of hers. Fan. I even wear I even wear a lipstick that she that her makeup designer puts on her on Good Girls. Like I'm not even kidding. Wow. I love Mae Whitman so much. And my favorite designer, Rachel Antonoff, is her best friend. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the dresses that I've seen her wear, I also own now. So to say that I'm like creepy obsessed is not appropriate, but it might be appropriate. I'm thrilled for this announcement. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> it, that designer, have I been with you when you have run into her before? Yes, we okay. were at Assassins off Assassins, Broadway, and I, I freaked out. Yeah, I was really in did. i I wasn't in her dress, but I was planning on wearing her dress. One of my like it was either the sardine can dress or the Jello dress, and I've oh. worn the Jello dress, I believe, with you to see waitress. Yeah. But um, yeah, she, her stuff is just really iconic and funny, and um, that just it makes so much sense. So the point of all that is to say that they live in the same comedy world, and seeing Mae Whitman on stage is going to be really cool. Yeah, well, this is not on stage. This is a Hulu series. They, they said Betsy, like, you said Betsy Wolf, like, can we bring this yes. to the stage then again? Yes, we could. We very well can. Well, anyway, Carlos Valdez, who is playing the male lead opposite her in that he was a longtime cast member on the CW's The Flash show. I have not one, but two different Funko Pops of him. One as his, like, normal persona Cisco Ramon and then as his superhero persona vibe. Um, so I have two Funko Pops of him up on my wall right now. But he was also a... Re- don't <laughs> laugh at me. No, but you just made what I said a lot less creepy. So thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Um, he was a replacement Andre in the original Broadway production of Once and he was a swing and a Frankie Valley understudy in the national tour of Jersey Boys. So uh, very, very fun to see him doing something more musical need to get him back on stage as well but um, and then finally in this world I actually had this ahead of that but it was such a great transition um, it was confirmed on Friday that Schmigadoon is coming back for a season two on Apple TV plus and that they are bringing in two new musical theater stars Titus Burgess and Patrick Page to join the cast basically everybody from the first season is scheduled to return um, 
Cecily Strong, Keegan Michael Key, Ariana DeBose, Dove Cameron, Jaime Camille, Chris and Chenoweth, Alan Cunningham, the great Anne Harada, which explains why she is no longer in Into the Woods, Jane Krakowski, Martin Shorten, Aaron Tveit. Um, this time, though, they are, I don't know if they're officially changing the name of the show, but this new season is called Schmicago. So it's going to be looking at the world of 1960s and 70s musicals. So, Fosse, baby. Yeah, lots of Fosse. When I interviewed Cinco Paul a few months ago, the creator and executive producer of the show, he had said that um, you know they'd love to do a season with Sondheim. They obviously did not go that route. This was not that long after Sondheim died when I spoke mm-hmm. to him. But um, doing a Chicago cabaret um uh sweet charity kind of thing makes a lot of sense and i'm i'm actually really excited i think this cast actually makes more sense for that kind of musical than the rnh stuff that was in season one that's interesting i don't think titus burgess when i think of that time period show no but um, but everybody but else like the, the core power, cast yeah. yeah the core cast i feel <laughs> like might be more with with ari and dove cameron and and jaime who has done yeah. Ch- uh, chicago on he's broadway chicago. he's billy flynn yeah so yeah we'll see That'll we will be definitely interesting. see okay i'm looking yeah. forward to it i'm yeah. looking forward to that more than i think the the timing of the of the previous season so i i like this yeah absolutely uh, all right, Grace, real quick, let's give people the opportunity to hear your insights, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, on the Tony Awards. Um, what did you think overall about the great four-hour extravaganza? It was an extravaganza. Um, I think that – I thought that it was a really succinct show. Um, I want to shout out Krista Hibbard, who was one of the choreography assistants on the show, who did an impeccable job. One thing I want to say without, like, ruining or giving, like, too much of my insight, which is the fact that, like, Ari DeBose was really instrumental in getting to pick her team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Ben Rahala, who's been one of her MDs, one of our favorite MDs, you know, yeah. in cabaret scenes, the Disney Princess um, concert series. Like, he got to MD the show. Like, there was just so many people from her tribe of people um, in the industry that she got to call on, which is really, really cool. And you could tell it was a really cohesive, succinct, exciting show. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that as far as like a production quality, the opening number by um, Toby and Lucy was incredible. All the, you know, homage to Lin-Manuel, like, because my mom kept saying she was, because I was watching it with my parents, she was like, some some of these songs sound like Lynn, and I'm like, that's on purpose, um, yeah. and, you know, in a good way. But um, I just want to say justice for some plays uh, in a, in a really positive light with Deidre O'Connell winning for Dana H, not Diana H, as my sweet George or, Decay said, or, or Donna H, as Patrick Wilson yes. said. Yeah, no one's no one's going to get it right. And what I the only thing that I thought would have been I the the speech by Deidre O'Connell, which I will now have stamped to my brain forever, which is make the weird art. Um, it, that that line was so insanely important to, I think, everybody watching that show um, and the reason why she said it. Please go back and watch her acceptance speech. But what I thought would have been great was if she had won. If Wait, she had I know won, what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. If she had put in her little earbuds and then played – uh, a recording of her acceptance speech and her lip syncing it that would have been, been awesome. iconic so that's the only thing i'm like oh a missed comedy moment by someone who's not doing a comedy show <laughs> <No>. <laughs> whatever um but i was just so thrilled for that and i just want to say again justice for is this a room and day and age even though uh, is this room will now be turned into a film um starring i think sydney sweeney is yes. gonna be starring yeah, we talk- Ashley and i talked about it last week yeah 
That is so cool to me, honestly. Like, even just like her you, on this last month of Euphoria alone was. Well, insane. that's okay. I, I ask because yeah, Ashley, Ashley, neither Ashley or I watch uh, anything. She, uh, Ashley watched White Lotus, but neither of us watch Euphoria. So, this is a good casting, you think, as somebody who loves Is This a Room? I love this is a room. I I wish they had, you know, like Tina Satter kind of like, you know, used uh, the casting that was present on the Broadway company and Vineyard. But um, Sydney Sweeney is an incredible actor and I'm thrilled for this role for her. She's one of those people that I'm like, I don't know why people don't take her as seriously as they could yet, but they're about to with that show. So that's going to be great. But otherwise, you know, I just want to say the women, the women, the women, the playwrights, the women, um, even like, you know, uh, Lynn Nottage getting all the, the flowers that night you know mm-hmm. we just got a lot of acknowledgement for a lot of people of color and women that we'd not gotten in years past and even though our awards did not often reflect um a lot of those sentiments i think that um it still felt real and it felt actually diverse the fact that we had two i mean it wasn't just like the one token asian presenter like you had multiple and like you had a lot of diversity on the uh you know supporting dancing cast as well there was just a lot more to to say okay like people are here like it's more than just like a statement that we're making we're trying to actually be progressive and it it just felt good i don't know if it's like lip service what i'm doing but at least i felt nice and um, i know it can only get better yeah i mean look what your thoughts on that topic are far more weighty than mine uh, because you are not only a woman, but a woman of color and I'm a white dude. So I felt <laughs> I'm shocker. I know on both accounts, um, but I felt that as well. Like it felt genuine. And I think that might have had something to do with the fact that a woman of color, a queer woman of color was the host. Um, so that might have been a, a big overarching part of that. But it did feel more genuine to me as well. But I'm glad to hear you say something similar. Um, I Ashley and I talked about this on the show uh, right afterwards. I'd kind of be OK with Ari just being the host forever. I mean, or like, you know, for the next few years, like her let her do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think she's coming back to Broadway anytime soon. So yeah. let her be connected to the community this way and just put it on the calendar and let her host for the next three, four years. And we did it with James Corden. We tried to do it with Lin-Manuel. And I think this is actually a better fit. I think you're right. You've got a former singer, um, a comedian, like you've got somebody that can really roll with all those punches. Would I have taken last thing? Would I have taken seven more minutes of Billy Crystal doing crowd work? Of course I could (laughs) have. But the fact that this is what kind of, I was like a little teed off, but in a good way. I saw everybody on social media and everybody talking about how funny and fun that was. And I'm like, where were you four months ago when I told you to go see the show? Like, I, I hope that it was a great commercial for Mr. Saturday Night because he really is so good with the audience and he understands the comedy. And it's such a fun show that um, I, w- I was thrilled that people seemed to have a good time. And it was one of the best performances of the night. It, it the reception. Was the best. Yeah, the the reception was incredible. And I was just like, that's that's to me a successful Tony Awards performance is you had Shoshana opening up her clear, incredible vocals, and then you had Billy doing his bits. I was like, this is it for me. So I just want to say, uh, told you so. Yeah. Alexander Rabinowitz. Um, (laughs) Other than that, what were your thoughts on performances? Anything that stuck out to you as being especially monumental or important or something that you think will sell a lot of tickets? I mean, like we predicted, Jakina's uh, performance was definitely going to sell tickets, which were desperately needed for Paradise Square. So I think that was really smart. Um, I think that because I haven't seen MJ, 
I was a little, for, for all the yeah. things that I've heard about it, I was a little underwhelmed by that performance. Not to say that anybody was not talented or they were doing a great job. Right. It was just interesting because I was like, oh, without their set, without those things. And, and I think you the know, sound was wonky too. The it sound was, was really weird. wonky. I couldn't hear him as well, which is the whole point of his performance, right? Is like us getting to hear him embody this person that we're so familiar with. Um, so I kind of wish that was a better opportunity. Um, I had seen, uh, you know, the, the 76 tap dances um that led the parade so the the music man i thought that i'll say this i think that the schedule of the performances was really well laid out like that's what that's what i was impressed with is like i was like oh okay this was really smart to build us here we had billy in the middle um am i forgetting what oh the sixth performance was the first time i'd ever seen or heard it oh (laughs) which is nuts to me because they've done that exact same medley because that's two songs mashed up together they've done that about a gazillion times but it's hilarious that that's the first time you've seen it what did you think I thought it was really fun. I was like, this seems like a, a really smart show to bring people to that may not always jive with musical yes. theater. Um, like, yeah. So, I mean, one day I'll see it. <laughs> but for now, I thought it was a really good representation of what I think the show is. It was. It definitely helped sell, for sure. Yeah. I Yeah, I did not think that there were any of the numbers that were, like, amazing, to be honest with you. Like, even Jakina. Oh. Like, I felt like Jakina was... I said this last night. She was she was a bit pitchy. Um, oh, no one said that, and I was like, "Wait a second. Yeah. Um, and she's she's incredible. But I was just like, yeah. kind of confused. I was like, I thought it was my sound balance was off. No, it was not. But, you know, when's the last time we had a, a big number, or at least the the creation of a number like when we had Sarah Bareilles leading into Jesse Mueller? You know, that year yeah. I was physically sorry to say it at the Tonys, and we had Shuffle Along, we had um, Hamilton, we had all these big crazy like numbers that were showstoppers, and. Yeah. Even the Spring Awakening montage, which I thought was going to happen last night because we had the, spring, the cast together, um, they were like, "What if we stood here and sang?" And I was like, "Okay, cool." And sang like, Skylar's- yeah, and sang like the ninth most famous song from the score. But this is what I'll say: they know, performed yeah. that number on Rosie O'Donnell, which is what's helped them sell tickets and get those Tony Awards. Mm. So that was the number they selected for that. And because Skylar's show is coming out on, on CBS, CBS yeah. he has a solo in that song and no other song. So to me, it was the perfect choice because I don't think that they wanted to do the choreography. But if they wanted to go balls to the walls, they should have done the twenty like eleven Tony Awards or whatever that year yeah. was and, totally and done the fun. whole thing. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I and and as Ashley and I said, so I don't want to be the dead horse. Skylar was he killed that number. He was fantastic yeah. in that. So anyway, um, also I did not say this on the show last night, so I want to get say it here. I did not have a single problem with how many awards were presented in the Act One thing. Like I know that there are legit, there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about that. Um, about people not getting their due on the regular broadcast, but I also realized that it gave them the opportunity to not be shoehorned into commercials. So like, I'm okay with that. So I, I actually feel like I'm good here. Like I, I, the only way that it could be better if that first hour aired on like PBS or something where it was free for everybody. But other than that, I didn't can have I a problem with it at all. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, can I introduce to you some breaking news? I've got it. Yeah, I, I was going to okay, do cool. that. So as we are recording, we just got a press release that had announced Shocking. Hugh Jackman has tested positive for COVID-19. And unlike the previous time, which uh, Hugh was out, they shut down the show. um, They are going to go on with Max Clayton 
playing the role of Professor Harold Hill through June 21st. If you aren't familiar with Max Clayton, he is a Broadway vet, done a ton of shows. He also was thanked profusely by his partner, yes. Matt Doyle, in his Tony acceptance speech on Sunday night. So a big week for that family. Um, I, Hugh did not look well uh, on the Tonys, I, I have to say. Like, he looked tired and he looked a little sick especially on some of those extreme odd close-ups during 76 trombones but uh we did want to pass them yeah they, they were very tom hooper close-ups and Hugh was obviously familiar with those from les mis so um max is great um I, it'll be a very different show with max clayton who is very much not even the same type of performer as as Hugh Jackman, both great dancers, but they're just, they're very different. I mean, Hugh Jackman is probably, what, 20-ish years older than Max? Um, and also a worldwide A-list celebrity. Um, so, but it'll be interesting. But I'm very happy that they have him to do this, because Max is certainly deserving of the opportunity. Oh, yeah, he's going to kill it. But this yeah. is, I mean, we're going to see this next week in the grosses, for sure. And, oh, look at me bringing up the grosses. This could result in a multi-million dollar loss for that show. Um, yeah. It's a little questionable because I, yeah, I saw something about, like, some discounted tickets as in discounted as in $200, yeah. um, you know, whatever, uh, this this morning. And I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and now I'm like, oh, that's why. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll have to keep you all updated on that. But best of luck to Max, who is an incredible performer. And what a what an exciting week for them Go absolutely them. and i'm kind of mad that i'm not in new york yeah, for this well because i <laughs> still i still have my ticket that i couldn't use when i was sick that i could technically get post-dated um Ooh. but there's no way i was never going to do it because there's no chance they're going to post-date me a ticket when hugh's in i would go see it with max in because there i would be an easier chance for me to post-date the ticket and get in but i'm not and i'm not flying up just to see max sorry max <laughs> All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week. We are post-Tonys getting back into the normalness of the season. Lots of announcements coming, I have a feeling. We'll see who, uh, maybe any, if anybody decides to close up shop or not in the next few days. Should be fun. All right, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.